On this episode of Scale Talk, AI is a threat for a lot of us as graphic designer, as photographer, as content yep. creator, whatever. But because we are doing things with our hands, the artist is going to be more relevant because it's going to be more rare. Scale Talk Podcast with David Miniatures. This episode is sponsored by Xtools. A little bit more about them later in the episode. Hey guys, welcome to episode seven of Scale Talk Podcast. I'm David Miniatures, and today I'm joined by Felix Hernandez of Hernandez Dreamphography. If you have never heard of Felix, you've definitely seen his work. He's done stuff for Gucci, Cadbury, Adobe, and a bunch of other brands. He's based out of Mexico. Uh, I've been following his work for years. I will tell you a little bit later how I came to know Felix's work, uh, and I will let Felix introduce himself. Hey Felix, how are you? Oh man. <laughs> Hi, David. First of all, thank you so much for having me in your show podcast. Yeah. I mean, I have been following your work for as well, many, many years, all that amazing, uh, uh work. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's a pleasure being here. We are like partners in, in crime. So yes, I think you did a perfect introduction. I'm Felix Hernandez. Uh, now I'm like just doing uh miniature let's say miniature work for video and photo production uh but originally i was a graphic designer then i went into the advertising industry more as a creative and then i jumped to photography and uh and yes and then i start mixing photography with miniature art which i just Let's say uh, seven years ago, I just start making stuff. Before that, I, I had never, you know, done any miniature work. But I don't know. And now I'm working, uh, uh, creating miniatures and taking photos and making videos, personal projects and as well commercial uh, uh, projects. Living That's in awesome. Cancun, Mexico, uh, married with a two kids, two wonderful mm-hmm. kids, boys. And, uh, I guess that's it. Nice. Uh, I actually, I also started out as a graphic designer and, uh, from there I went on to art direction, uh, and advertising similar, similar to you. Same um, path. and then I also did, um, some set design for movies and TV and music videos. Ah, that, um, but that's building that's big, big stuff. Yeah. And I, I yeah. didn't like it. To be honest, I did it for less than a year, um, and I found it was very much um, construction work. It wasn't creative, you know, very much. But I'm pretty um, sure that you learn a lot of stuff that oh, now you can translate to build a miniature, right? 100%. But it's funny because back then, you know, I didn't like the construction part, but I liked the finishing, the weathering, nah, and the, yeah. the, all that stuff. The and it's the part. same now. It's yes, the same yes. now. Like I'll I'll do the building part because I have to. I I don't enjoy it as much as I enjoy, you know, the final details and the weathering and just making the thing come to life. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna tell you how I discovered you. Um, and I'm sure it's it's how a lot of people either have seen your work without knowing it's your work. But as you probably know from my work, uh, I'm a big fan of Back to the Future. Ah, okay. And the DeLorean. Yeah. yeah. So one day, this is years ago. I don't know when you did it, but it was a very long time ago. Um, 
I was looking, I had just, I think I bought like a new monitor for my computer and I was looking up like back to the future DeLorean wallpapers and your picture popped up and, um, and most, like most people, I feel like the average person would have just downloaded the picture, put it as the wallpaper and not thought about it. But I saw in the corner, I don't know if either you put it or whoever uploaded the image had put no, your name. No, I, I, I wasn't. It went kind of, you know, viral, viral and out yeah. of control and, you know. Yeah. So uh, your name, someone had put your name on it. I don't know if it was on the well, website or on the least. image. And and I was like confused. And I was like, I don't understand how how is this an artist? It's a picture of a, a car, you know? So at first I thought it was just like really cool photography. Uh, and then I, I did some digging and that's how I discovered your work. And then obviously I started following and, and, and that type of thing. And it was, I found it super interesting. Um, but, I was already doing at, at first glance, you realized that it was a miniature or you thought no. that it was like 3d or a real photo. With, I, I with thought touches. it was either 3d or yeah. I, I, I don't, I think my eye knew it wasn't a real like photo of yeah, a real car. Real uh but i was like it's probably like a really good 3d render or yeah or just like it was like a stock picture of a delorean and someone photoshopped the sparks and stuff uh, for those watching on youtube i'll put up the image um, as we're talking about it um, but this image was one of my wallpapers on my computer for years wow uh, that's an honor <laughs> yeah and um yeah so it, it's it's just funny you know how how we discover people sometimes on other episodes people tell me you know like the piece that made them discover me and i always find it interesting you know i was talking to caleb from caleb creates and he brought up something i did like in 2012 or 2013 wow. and he's like yeah you did a jason Voorhees and whatever and i was like oh my god that's so old like you know but you never well, know. yeah the, i mean the, the photo you are talking about of the the lorian that yeah. was one of my first, you know, projects working with miniatures. That photo have like seven or eight years almost. Mm -hmm. And back then I was not making miniatures. I, again, I was doing like a lot of commercial photography, product photography. And I just started like uh, taking photos of the scale models because I had them like in hand, you know, I have always like movies and all this mm -hmm. stuff. So I just started like experimenting, like uh, doing personal projects creating these stars, uh, doing a practical effect, like back then, like everything yeah. was done back then. It's just having fun. But at that point, I didn't build any any miniatures. I only was like taking photos of pre-built uh, die cast or, or, or whatever. What scale yeah. was that car? Do you remember? One, I have it. Uh, it's like 118. Yeah. 118 scale. I always try to, well, depends on, on the scene now, but uh, uh, now, if I'm making dioramas, like making a dirama for a 118 scale carpet, those are really, really big. So then I work with the smaller cars. But normally, if it's just the car, I try to get at least 118. Uh, a bigger scale is is much more difficult to to get and or expensive. So yeah. 118 is like the sweet spot for most of the yeah, yeah, just the detail level images. and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually the, one of the reasons why. Um, I try as much as possible not to use like whenever I need cars, I try not to use like hot wheel size 164. Uh, and one of the things I always tell people, and I know there's a lot of people that collect like hot wheel size cars and matchbox and all this, and it's, it's great like for collecting, but 
for miniatures it's not always great because a lot of those cars are scaled to fit in the packaging they're not true to scale when you start putting cars next to each other yes the they are not really in... scale models they are they no are not they're true not to scale yeah you, they're, you, they're, you can they're see toys. it yeah. yeah so i only use them if i absolutely have to or i use them um like i just did the building from the office uh and there was a lot of cars in the parking lot so whenever i need a lot I of cars that, yes uh, I almost have no choice to go with that scale because it's the scale that has the most cars available. Um, but for small small scale, my favorite scale is 143rd. Uh, 143rd. Like yeah. It has like enough detail, but it's still small. It is 143rd and um, 135 for like military stuff. And, uh, but well, those, those are kits. So you, most of them, you have to build them, uh, yeah. but, but this, and I mean, uh, I have, I, I have done two projects with, uh, Hot Wheels. In mm -hmm. fact, one was for Hot Wheels and the other one was for Gucci, Gucci and, and Hot Wheels. And they were really challenging, uh, in the photography side, because I'm always trying to, you know, push, make it look real. Yeah, uh, you know, and uh, it's it's not all. It's not only because they are not so well detailed; they are so so small. But it's also um, technical aspect of the of the camera. You you need to achieve great depth of field in you order to make the image uh, believable. Not only a lot of lights. Uh, uh, you need um, uh, to get focused in in all the planes. And the thing is that if you get really close to an object you start losing that depth of field, that, that focus in, in all the planes of the car. And the brain tells you that that's a, that is a miniature. So you have to apply other techniques that are, are really, you know, hard to pull off. And, uh, and yes, that's why normally when you see in the movies or commercials that they are using practical models, scale models, they are not so small. In fact, sometimes they are. Uh, they make a building, it's, it's not a small building, Sometimes that yeah, building is the size of this uh, entire yeah. room because they have to pull the focus uh, uh, to to make all the planes to be in perfect focus, so the viewer uh, can perceive it as a, a real. They call them bigatures. That's right, bigatures. <laughs> do you do any focus stacking? Yes, uh, for some of those shots that the objects are so small, mm -hmm. the other option is going to do is uh, doing the focus stacking. But I mean, it's, it's, it's not just that it's a lot of work, but as well, because focus tacking all, all the photos have to be like the same object without movement yeah. to then with a software, pull them all together. All the photos have to be the same, let's say that way with different focus uh, distances. Yeah. Yeah. But that means that you cannot make then practical effects like put in smoke or exactly. maybe some movement. So. Yeah. You know, for, for those listening, yeah, for those listening that don't know what focus stacking is, is basically you, you put your camera on a tripod, you set your, you know, all your settings and you basically focus on the closest part of the image. You take a shot and then you just sort of keep focusing in closer and closer so that your focus is in different spots of the image all the way to the back. And then there's special software that's going to basically link all these images together and it knows what's in focus, what's not. And it basically outputs an image that's in focus from the front to the back. Yes. Um, and it's, that's it's software, quite a process. Yeah. 
a lot of people ask what what's the name of the software and the let's say industry standard for that is Helicon Focus. Yeah. So, I mean, you can do it in Photoshop as well, but it's not. Uh, yeah, I've used. I have that software dedicated as well. Software. Helicon Focus yeah. is a is a is a really really good software. And the other thing is that uh, the smaller the smaller the object and the the more frames closer you, you are to yes to to the subject the more photos you have to make. So sometimes you have to make 50, 60, 70, 100 photos for a small objects to yeah. have it all in, in focus. And as well, if you are working in a, you know, you are making a diorama, you have maybe a first plane, a, a building in the back. You don't have only to pull focus for the scale card. You also have to pull the focus for the entire scene. So yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot of work and you cannot do practical effect. So I try to avoid it, but I mean, if the car is so small and uh, I'm going to get close, I will go with uh, 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 focus stacking. Yeah. That's how they shoot a lot of uh, jewelry and, and things like yeah. that. I think that's Watch, where it, jewelry. Yeah, yeah. That watches and jewelry. I think that's where it comes from. Insects. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's super interesting. And so how long have you been like the miniature part of the the your job how long has that been going on because you said like when you did the back to the future thing that wasn't really you weren't making anything you were just photographing at that time yeah i mean that, that was like se seven eight years ago i started mm -hmm. taking photos of of miniatures but i mean really soon i realized that i could only you know um photograph what i had available or what i could find and buy Living in Cancun, in Mexico, was really hard maybe to, to get so uh, fine miniatures. And uh, or s sometimes I have these ideas of creating a scene, but there was not uh, anything, any, anything that I had in my thoughts uh, uh, ready uh, to buy and, and shoot. Mm -hmm. So I start like, you know, digging how can I, can I create this kind of scene or this building or whatever. And I just started doing, and that was maybe around seven years ago, something like okay. that. Not so much time. So I'm I'm new to to miniatures. I'm a newbie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Creating I think a, a lot of people I talk to uh, that are doing it now, a lot of people started during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, it's a, a lot of people way, had yeah. time. Yeah, time for a hobby, and a lot of people started back then. And when you a common theme I'm noticing in like the people that I have on the podcast and even just people I talk to all the time on Instagram that do the same thing. Um, I've noticed that a lot of people didn't really, you know, they, they didn't get into this for social media. They didn't get into the saying, Oh, I'm going to get a lot of followers and I'm going to, you know, a lot of us just did it because that's what we like to do. And we shared it and it just happened to, to, you know, blow up. Yeah. Um, and what was it the same for you? Yes. I mean, I, I was doing already like creative photography, not with miniatures, that other kind of Just stuff. In general, A lot yeah. of commercial photography and product photography. And I always tried it to, you know, mix like doing things in a studio and also uh, adding a Photoshop, sometimes a lot of Photoshop. But it wa was always, uh, let's say it this way, creative photography. It was different. So that got attention of a lot of um, already people that were in Facebook at that time, YouTube, and they, they were like big names in the photography industry. 
And I remember one time, uh, um, really well-known LA photo retoucher, it's called Julia Kuzmenko. She had mm -hmm. like a digital magazine and a big channel. And she contacted me to create an article of, about um, uh, creative photography, creative photography in a studio. And uh, the thing was like recording and showing the people the process of creating one of these uh, images. So I put uh, like a self-assignment. Okay, if I'm going to talk about creative photography, let's say right now I have to create an image which whatever I have in this room, it was not this room, it was a, mm -hmm. a, a little room. And I saw, uh, I had like a little car, red car. It was a Cinquecento, a red Cinquecento, one-eighth in scale. And I put myself assignment telling me, well, I'm going to take a photo of this car, telling a story. And uh, I mean, I did this project, I did a video, how I, I did it. She posted in, in her, I think it was her YouTube channel, her digital magazine. And like two days after that, she called me and she told me, hey, your your video, your photo, your project went viral. It's crazy. A lot of people are asking me, <laughs> who is this guy? How he does mm -hmm. this kind of work and whatever. And uh, uh, I just check in, you know, the, the, the comments and all this stuff. And it went crazy. It went uh, to a lot of, uh, you know, media and, and printed uh, magazines or, or photography, whatever. So I, I kind of stumbled with that uh, uh, fame in, mm -hmm. in, in a really short uh, period of time. And of course, you have to, you know, seize those opportunities. And uh, because it was, it was already something that I, I love to do, but I didn't knew, you know, it was mixing like photography, telling stories, working with toys. I have always liked toys, mm -hmm. uh, miniatures and uh, 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 working in a studio alone in a small place. So everything made sense uh, for me. And I saw that was like a huge market and a, a lot of people liked that, that project. And so I just started doing that kind of work like back to the future maybe was was one or two months later of that uh first uh, uh project that i did so yes it was never my intention like doing this kind of stuff for going viral was the the other way but yeah was really quick that's why i always i mean i don't know if you get asked this um but i get asked all the time you know they're like Oh, how did you get so many followers or how did you, you know, get to where you are or, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. And, and the truth is, and I, I talk to other, other, uh, people I know that have large accounts, um, and none of us know, like there's no, <laughs> that's what I always tell people. Like there's no secret sauce. You know, I tell people keep posting. I still have posts that don't do well. Like just because I have a lot of followers doesn't mean every post is going to have a hundred thousand likes. I have posts that do bad. I have posts that do very good, but just keep posting your work. And you know, my advice is always don't like, don't start this hobby. If like your goal is, Oh, I want to have a lot of followers and I want to get sponsors and I want this and I want that. Those are the people that never succeed in my opinion. Because yes, you're because not... I think I think there is a secret sauce, and the, the secret sauce is first find what you love, and then do what you love, no yeah. matter what, no matter I'm if sure. you have uh, followers or whatever. If you are doing what you love, so that's like the first uh, uh, 
for the recipe, that's like the first ingredient you, you have to, and the first and most important, first find what you love and do what you love, no matter what. Yeah. The other thing is uh, maybe I think, I mean, Instagram has been changing the algorithm. Uh, yeah. First was like, keep posting. Now it's not just posting. You have to be also consistent in, in you know, uh, uh, interacting with people and seeing their content. They want you to spend more time you know, and sharing their content also to, to others. So, but that goes changing and that is going to change as well. But the, the, yeah. the, the, the first and more important thing is do what you love. Uh, and, and yeah. then it can work. It mm -hmm. can work. I, it's not sure it's going to work, yeah. but at least you're doing it, something you're there, passionate. There is a randomness to it because I, I know tons of accounts where I think the people are super talented and they deserve all, you know, any praise that they get and it just doesn't take off and you know you just sometimes you just have to wait you just have to keep posting and i think the the my opinion that i've noticed is the people that don't have huge growth on their accounts are usually the people that you know they'll post something and it won't do well and then they'll post something else and it won't do well and they you know they do that seven times and it, they're not getting any a lot of likes, a lot of comments, whatever, and they kind of like get discouraged and they get demotivated. Yeah. And that goes the back to what is, I said before, that... don't, that's not why you should be posting. You should be posting to share your work. And... To share your work and, and the other thing is is that, that maybe seven times is not enough. You, you no. have to, you have to keep trying. Maybe it has to be 100, 1000 times. Yeah. And maybe sometimes it's the way you present it because I have been as well, seeing really talented much more talented that, than me, you know, as photographers or, or miniature artists or, or whatever. But maybe the way they are telling their story, maybe the way they are presenting the things, maybe they are not showing. I mean, people want to see the final, you know, artwork, but also want to know how you got there. No, what yeah. materials are you using? But they want to learn a little bit more about the process or maybe about you or whatever. So a lot of a lot of my posts that do well um, are when it's not even finished. And yeah. It's the process. Yeah. Like I gave an example in the last episode. Um, I had a day where like, I try and post at least once a day. Um, if I can't, I can't, but I try. <laughs> and I was working on the, the house from back to the future. And that day, like all I really got done was the, the, the front door. And I was like, ah, oh, do I like, do I post this or not? Like, it's just a door, you know, <laughs> I posted it and I was like, yeah, whatever. It has a million views. Yeah. <laughs> it's a door. It's one of your biggest uh, uh, posts. Yes, I need you what know? just like. Yeah. A million views. And and it's the I give this example all the time. And I, I apologize for those that listen to the podcast and feel like I'm repeating myself. But I give it as an example because I wasn't going to post it. I wasn't going to post it. It was to me, it was like, it's a door. Like to me, it was not interesting. But for some you never reason, know. <laughs> people liked it. And it just it just goes to show that you know and especially now in the, in the age of ai and, and 3d oh, everything and whatever that's crazy. when you show that you made something by hand there's a there's a new respect for that like there was always a respect for it but i feel like now it's even more because you know and it's going can... to get it's going to get better for us yeah. i mean I, I mean ai is a threat for a lot of us as graphic designer, as photographer, as content yep. creator, whatever. But because we are doing 
you know, uh, things with our hands, the artist is going to be more relevant because it's going to be more rare, you know? So I think we are going to have fun in these times. I mean, sometimes I have for, for new followers or people that see my work, some of them think it's a AI, you know, (laughs) now, now the thing is that I post, you know, the, the BTS or some of the process images. And even though some people have told me, well, those can also be done with AI, you know, <laughs> the BTS images. So yeah. now you know what's real. You don't know what's real or what's, what's not. But This video is sponsored by Xtool. Xtool recently sent me their F1 laser, and this thing is amazing. Not only is it incredibly easy to use, the amount of materials it can engrave on, it can even cut wood, it can engrave on leather, stainless steel, you name it. This is definitely something that you should have in your shop. It works absolutely amazing. You can check them out at xtool.com or the link below in the description. Back to the episode. Um, when my account was much smaller, I was using it as more of a portfolio. I was only Still posting day. my work final stuff. finished, final shots, cleaned up in Photoshop, everything beautiful, black background. And I was doing okay. I was getting good interaction, whatever. People were sharing it. But when I started showing, not necessarily how I make it, I don't really do how-tos. That's not what I do. But when I started showing like something in progress and people are like, oh, it's made of wood and it's hand-painted and like, you know, the the wow factor goes up a little bit. And I'm, I've even seen a shift in, I don't know if you do commissions and like sell to clients or things like that, or if you're just, you know, strictly do video and photography and that type of thing. But I'm noticing a shift in my clients, like things I'm hearing from collectors, people that collect miniature things. Um, they're, they're not dumb. You know what I mean? They know, like they know what they're paying for is what I mean. And they're starting to devalue, um, you know, there's a lot of artists that, you know, they'll download something off the internet, they'll 3D print it, they'll paint it, and they'll be like, look what I made. And it's like, well, it's yes not and no. your design. Like, yes, yes. A very no. nice paint Part job, of it. you know? Yeah. Um, and, and again, like you can 3D print something and add on to it and this and that and like whatever. That's fine. But I think there's a general thing that's happening in, in sort of the collector world. And they know like when something's 3D printed, they're not going to pay top dollar as if it's something that's like made out of wood and and handmade and real metal and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Um, And I I just think it's, it's a, it's a, it happened because a lot of customers like, you know, they'll see the thing. Wow. They, you know, they see it on Instagram, they buy it and then they receive it and you can kind of tell it's 3D printed and they kind of feel a little bit cheated. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and, and again, like I have nothing against 3d printing. I use it myself. I just use it very, very rarely. Um, mostly because I, I, for me, the way I work, it's still a slow technology. It's a slow process. It's a, um, yeah. De- depending on what you are doing I, 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 for me as well, at the beginning, I was a little bit like rejecting these new technologies, like the 3d printing. Now I have two 3d printers. The thing yeah. is that when I bought the 3D printer, it was a little 
bit uh, the same that when I started doing photography with models. I was doing photos of models that I just bought from the shelf. Yeah. So now I have these 3D printers and I'm printing models that I'm buying from other artists. So it's mm -hmm. not really my, my work. And yeah. again, I get it for commercial projects. Maybe you have two, you know, little characters or something like that. Oh, you print them and they are part of the, they are not the central uh, character. No, and that's my story. point, right? They they're, are they're just not... like, stop, it, you know, but exactly. that pushed me to learn 3D, 3D modeling. So now I can, I mean, I'm really, really basic, but now I can create my own characters and furniture. If I have to do them in 3D, sometimes I do it in, uh, in, in wood, you know, uh, real wood, uh, balsa wood or whatever. Uh, but I mean, it's just a tool uh, uh, yeah. that helps you to, to, to create your pieces, you know? But yeah. just, just, just like buying something from another artist, printing and painting, that's not really, yeah. really and, your, and your, I think you said art. it perfectly. I think you said it perfectly where I think three, in what we do, I think 3D printing is okay if it's not the main focus of the build. Um, especially if you're not the one that 3D modeled it. If you 3D modeled it, that has a little bit more, you're a little bit more invested in it. Yeah, um, of course. But at the same time, I'm a very strong believer in, you know, I don't discount any technology that will make my work better and faster. And that's that's just my opinion as as a business. You know, if you, you tell any business, hey, if you spend $1,000, your work will improve by 30% and it will increase in speed by 20%. Almost every single business will say like, I take it. Yes. Here's my thousand dollars and, and let's go. So there's a, there's a balance between, you know, artist integrity and running a business. And I think the, the argument stems from a lot of, you know, I would say at least 90% of people that do what we do, do it as a hobby. So for them, they can't justify a $5,000 laser cutter or an $800 3D printer or an entire room in their house dedicated to being a workshop or whatever. They can't justify that because they don't make income from it. So for them, I understand that it's frustrating, but for us, it's it's a business decision and it's a business investment um, to to get the job done. You know, and like yes, I never, I, I never, go ahead. No, no, I, I was going to say that it also depends on your on your client. For example, if I I'm, I'm working for brands or biggest advertising agency for for big brands, yeah. Uh, what you were talking about, three print, printing. Sometimes they don't care. You no, know, they, don't they want this made like with miniatures, but they really don't care the process. They just want to get the, uh, the work done. So, um, uh, yeah, some, some, sometimes I'm making these projects and I feel that I'm like uh, cheating a little bit. But in the other side, I'm also a business and I'm just providing the client what they need, you know, and I'm yeah. trying to make it the more reliable and fast and economic way. For them, I know. Of course, for me, if I'm running yeah. a business, so it yeah. depends on the on 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 the project. And but yes, again, there are tools. Yeah, and the the usage uh, is a big part of it. You know, a lot of times, like if I get hired by a film studio, and they need a certain thing, they just need the visual. 
they don't need like it's different than a collector that's going to have this in his home and talk about the craftsmanship yeah Yeah, talk about the craftsmanship and they're like this is all made of wood and like whatever versus a a movie that's like hey we need you know i don't know the las vegas sign in one six scale and we need it in three weeks like yeah i'm definitely going to probably use 3d printing you know what i mean yes and we are only going to see it in this angle you know, yeah. you, you turn it around and it's 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 a mess because you don't need that that it's not going to be in a exhibit or something like that. It's just exactly. for that shop. Yes, exactly. it depends the client, the process and the tools you use for for that. Yeah, for sure, for sure, totally. Yeah, and so for you, out of like I I know I listed some of the the clients you've had, um, that are pretty well known from those which which one was your favorite job not not necessarily the interaction with the client or anything like that but in terms of of what you made right which one were like was was your favorite oh man that's that's really hard to choose i mean i i'm normally uh not never satisfied with the with the projects i do Same. uh so so it's so it's hard but I have to tell that I I did enjoy the the Gucci Hot Wheels project. Mm-hmm. They gave me a lot of uh, liberty. Uh, again, it was challenging, uh, and again because me, I divided, I divide between creating the miniature, but most of my clients what they want are the final images. Yes, of course they are hiring me because my process and making yeah. them with miniatures. But they are more interested, like in the final images and the and the BTS video. They also yeah. use it a, a, a lot. So I think that was a really cool project because, okay, they wanted the final images, but they let me de- did the uh, this uh, collector piece that it's a, a suitcase, and inside the su- suitcase you have this uh, uh, like uh, mm-hmm. Italian building where Gucci started and then I had the, the small car. So that's a, that was like a really round and complete project that involved most of what I, I love to do. The other project that I also liked, uh, it was, uh, because they, they bought the, the idea with any doubt. It was for affinity photo. Mm-hmm. And this is a, like a simple image. It's a dinos and donuts, <laughs> dinos and donuts. I just use some uh, plastic uh, dinosaurs uh, that off shell you you can buy. They are really really cool. But I just bought some uh, uh, dinosaurs. I made some donuts. Well, like 100 donuts from foam. I decor them like really fast. It was like mm-hmm. one week making uh, donuts, and I created like a yes a, a landscape made out of donuts and dinosaurs. And the idea for that project was like taking the photos. That was much more uh, production than craft, but okay. Uh, taking these photos, taking this video, and then bringing those photos to to Affinity Photo mm-hmm. and just uh, uh, adding color and details uh, digitally. Because that's the other thing. I, I, I not only love uh, crafts uh, and making a, um, a practical effect, I also love going into Affinity Photo or Photoshop or whatever. I love software. I I love digital art. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there are there are people that write me or tell me you you are not a real photographer, and others tell me you are not a real you know a craftsman. You are not a real miniaturist. You are not a real digital artist. I don't care. I mean, those for me are just disciplines, and 
tools uh, the, yeah. uh, that I use to create. You know, yeah. it, it depends sometimes in the mood I have. If I'm going to use one tool or one technique or whatever, or it depends on the client, what they want. Yeah. So I don't care a lot funny of, that, you know, that, no It's funny that people, you know, say these things to us because I hear that too. And um, I did a couple of episodes ago with Ryan. We were talking about uh, laser cutters a lot and uh, how we both love our later laser cutters so much. And, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, it's cheating and whatever. And, and a lot of times <laughs> I, I say like, the people that say that are people that have never used the tool because if if you don't know how to design and you have a laser cutter you're not you're not going to get much use out of it you know hey you you have to learn at least illustrator you know the yeah. measurements how so I, like i was lucky the, yeah i was lucky i came from a graphic design background uh, well so uh, i used to use illustrator before i has a, I had a laser cutter that's yeah. where i would always start my my design and my my measurements and my scale so for me it was a very natural transition but you know it's like it's like people that's you know say uh in woodworking they say oh if you use a cnc you're not a real woodworker because you're not using a, a handsaw and whatever and it, it at the end of the day i'm going to use whatever tools i want to produce whatever i want and you know, everyone's going to have their opinion. That's that's what I've learned. Yes, and, and you are going to know if it's right for the, let's say, the client. As you told, if, yeah. if there's a collector that wants to buy, let's say, like a piece of furniture, and you just go and 3D print it, I'm pretty sure that you are going, you are not going to feel like the same as if you go and maybe cut that piece, a specific piece for that specific client, for sure. and do it all by hand. But it yeah. depends again of the timing, the budget, the client, for yeah. what is going to and be I, and used. And I think the I think the biggest problem comes from, you know, what a lot of people don't understand is, all these tools are great, but none of them are great by themselves. Yes. You know, like if you told me like, oh, you can only have a laser cutter, I'm like, well, I can't produce what I do with just a laser cutter. You know what I mean? It's it's and it's There's also a knowing lot of previous work and after work. The laser right. corner is just a part in between. Exactly. But it's also knowing like just in your head, right? When you're thinking about how am I gonna make this, knowing like, okay, well, this part would make more sense to do on the laser cutter. This part should probably be 3D printed. This part I'm gonna make by hand. This part I'm gonna you know, and just breaking up all those pieces, and then all those pieces have to come together and fit and, and work together and be the same scale and, and be painted the same way. And at the end of the day, the goal for me is always as close to realism as possible. And if you look at something and you're like, oh, that's a really nice laser cut building, I have failed. Yes, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and it's funny because sometimes when, you know, I'll, I'll get messages from people like that and they're like, oh, you know, my work would look like yours if I had a laser cutter or whatever. And I'll just be like, okay. I'm like, pick any piece from my Instagram or my website and you tell me what's laser cut and you tell me what's 3D printed. And 99.9% .9 of the time, they're wrong. So it it I really mean, doesn't mean anything, you know? It doesn't I, mean I, anything. Like, like the first time, I don't know, like four years ago, I did take my time to answer, you know, all those like hate comments or that stuff. But then I just realized, I mean, th that's not going to never end. So I just stop and I mean, if someone yeah, it's not, doesn't it's like not what worth I our do time. or whatever, yeah, I, I just don't pay attention anymore because 
I have other important stuff to do and I'm really happy with the work I'm doing and it works for me and it works for my clients. So if they want yeah. to put me in a bag or in this side or on the other side, that that's, the, that's their, and you know, you matter, know, that's why I wanted mine. to have you on the podcast. I, I try and have people on that do something a little bit different. You know, they, they're like, I like that, you know, for you miniatures is not that it's a secondary thing, but it's part of a bigger idea, you know, for you, for me, the finished product is the miniature, right? I, I pack it, I ship it, somebody receives it, they put it on their shelf. That's where my, my contract ends. But for you, the miniature is almost step one. Yeah. It's half of the way, and, let's say that. And then you yeah. have to photograph it and then it's the Photoshop and it's, and it's, all, I mean, I do that too for my website, but not in the same way. Um, for me, it's just to show what I made for you. That's the end result. Um, and I think that's super interesting. And if right now, like just the way my business works is, you know, it's made, it's shipped, it's gone, you know, uh, but some of my pieces I would have loved to keep a little bit longer and do some creative stuff with it. And I'm, I'm trying, I'm getting into it. Uh, when I have a little bit of time before I ship stuff, I try and, film a little bit more creatively with it. I just got like one of those um, micro fog machines. Ah, yes, I have it. Well, I have the, it's called, yes, is that, no, no, the I, genie? I have the, the other genie? one. Yeah, the smoke genie, the smoke genie. Yeah. Because, and, and they give it to me. So yes, I have the smoke genie, but it's better than the micro fog. Well, I don't have, I don't even have the micro fogger. I just don't know what it's called. <laughs> it's, it's another brand. I don't know what it is. Okay. I actually I have, wanted I to buy the, cool. Yeah, I I, w I went on to buy the Smoke Genie, and the one I wanted was out of stock, um, and I needed it for a project, so I went on Amazon and I bought this other brand. But so okay. far, it's working fine. I'm like, if ever it breaks, I'll reach out to Smoke Genie. But um, right. yeah, I'm trying to. I'm actually working on a project. I can't say too much what it is just yet, but um, the project itself will include smoke. Like the finished piece will include smoke. Um, okay, meaning... the, phys the physical piece, like for exhibition, will include smoke. Correct. So the, okay, the client will receive it and they will have a button where a yeah. like smoke oh, is right. a big part of what I'm making. Oh, um, man. So cool. I'm not going to say more, but if people are fans <laughs> of Back to the Future, you probably know what I'm talking about. Oh, um, <laughs> you're, yeah. you already told everything. Yeah. But so, and it's just I don't know how much I can talk about it because it's a it's a build I'm doing for a celebrity, so um, I don't. It's know. amazing. Yeah, I don't know if I can say it yet or not. It's a but... it's a celebrity of the of the movie. No. Ah, okay. No, okay, just okay. a, a oh, fan of the movie that happens to be a celebrity. A but, celebrity. Okay. Um, yeah, and so it's the first time I'm doing some like I always I almost always do interactive lighting, um, but I've never done smoke where it's part of the build. Okay, um, it's going to be interesting. You know, I have to, yeah, I have to also keep in mind like the client has to be able to like you know replace the liquid and all that stuff. You know, so uh, I think the hardest part is just I'm going to use like a smoke genie type of machine, uh, but maybe like rewire the button so that it's on the front of the bill. Like I have to figure out all the yeah, engineering part of it. Some of, some of those like the smoke genie also have like a remote. Have a remote. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that's if mine so cool. does. That's Maybe so cool. it does. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty, so, pretty cool. 
I'm looking so into yes, like keep, keep, keeping your keeping your pieces like a little bit longer to play around with them and making some photos and video and you know all that stuff. Normal. I I don't have a lot of pieces because the thing is that most of what I do in miniature they are just for the camera, you know. So they are just built for making the shot, and then you have to put them away. Sometimes I just keep pieces of that uh, scene, but but they are really not so well done they are yeah. good enough for the camera and the angle i'm going to shoot and and that's it so there's a lot of uh, production tricks there and all this stuff recently i had a, 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 a i have been receiving like uh commissions that they they want the photos they want the video but they also want the piece <laughs> So that's a little bit challenging because right now you have to make a piece that looks well in all of the angles. Yeah. But it is not also it's not always uh, the best way to do, go when you want to do a, a, a photography production. You know, things change a little bit. The scale, for example, uh, uh, some of the scenes I do for taking photos are really really big. If they were mm -hmm. like a exhibition, you know, diorama. Uh, it will be almost impossible to ship. You will have mm -hmm. to go and build it on, on site. So, yeah, I mean, it changes. Yeah. I had a, um, a recent build during the holidays that was like that. It was for um, Sennheiser. The, Sennheiser. The company, they make the high-end speakers and headphones. And ah, yes, yes. Like so yeah, we did the, a holiday. Yeah, like I, yeah, so I did a living room for them that was all like, it had all these little things that had to do with like holiday Christmas movies. Um, and originally it was built only for the content. So it was built like a movie set. You know, the walls were just, you know, like one just screw. Pop, and, just basic. Yeah. Just, like if you it. turned it around, you saw all the little holes where I was putting lights and, and whatever. And um, nothing was like glued down. Like I could move everything to get the camera in closer and all that. Right. Um, and then when I posted it, um, I had a ton of people that wanted to buy it or whatever. So I reached out to Sennheiser and I was like, um, look, this is what's happening. Like, you know, if I don't sell it, I'm just going to basically like keep all this stuff for like, you know, one day project and throw half of it away. Um, like, are you guys okay if I sell it? Cause they didn't want it. They just wanted the content. Um, so they're like, uh, they're like, yeah, yeah. They're like, if you want, you know, they're like, sell it. And sell then it. like whoever buys it, we're going to give them a pair of headphones. Ah, even better. <laughs> so, and it was smart for them because they get like yes, a little, like a second ad for for free, basically. Um, and uh, I was able to charge much much less for the piece because they had paid basically for a big chunk of it. Uh, so then I just made everything more permanent, and I basically made like a little box in the back to hide all the yeah, wiring. Yeah, like you had and all you that. had to went back and now make the piece for exhibition. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I so, always ask when when a client, uh, uh, you know, commissions me a, a project, an advertising agency. Uh, that's the first thing that I ask: Is this going to be just for the production, or you also want the physical piece? Because that yeah. changes everything: the yeah. scale, the way I, I build. But I find sometimes once they see it, they change their mind and they're like, "We want this now." <laughs> yes, but for me, sometimes that's that's too late. You know, yeah, I have yeah. that those, those cases that I ended up, uh, you know, making the production, all this stuff. And they say, hey, and uh, we are going to want the, the miniature. And that's not possible. I don't have it anymore. And it was built just for, you know, on, on a tabletop, just doing yeah. things. 
it, it doesn't exist. I have some pieces. I can send you the pieces, but the 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 diorama, it was just done, you know, yeah. using maybe well, that's real how they do it on. And... That's how they do it for movies, right? If they're doing yes, a yes. thing and it's the moon or something, like they just throw sand on the floor and that's right. It's just for the, the thing. production. It's not a. It's not something you can pick up and 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 take with yeah. you. So yeah, I always make it very clear, you know, like if they're taking it or not, because mm -hmm. obviously there's also a price difference. Um, of course. and a scale difference and there's a lot of things that need to be uh, kept in mind but it's it's always something that i um that i recommend uh, that they that they do um, i i always push for them to take it not because it's it's financially better for me um but i also like don't know what to do with these things when when yes. they're done we don't have a space and we don't have more space yeah so uh, a lot of times i'm like look you know for this price you get the content but for this price you get the content and i'll ship it to you and you guys can do whatever you want with it if you want to do a giveaway if you want to do uh keep it on display in your office or you want to have another film crew like film it like that's what happened with uh, when i did netflix when i did the stranger things originally they just wanted the content um and then when i spoke to them about it they're like you know what they're like finish them off with a plaque and everything and then like send them here they're like worst case we'll keep them on display in our office um but they're like they might do a giveaway or a charity thing or you know i don't know what they ended up doing whatever they want yeah so but but that yes. but but for me that's really bold bold from your part like uh, because of of course it's much 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 more work <laughs> that you have to do because uh let's say make making things just for the camera for production it's 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 a lot easier yeah you don't have to be so detailed you don't have to glue all the stuff and you know and uh, so again normally if a client wants the the, the the final piece as well that's much more expensive i mean yeah. i i don't include it if you are going to want the, the final piece I have mm -hmm. to change everything, the, the setup, the way of thinking, yeah. even the production, the, the lenses or whatever, just because that piece is going to be, you know, have to be seen and packaged and sent to, to the client. So that's uh, that's more, more work and yeah. uh, expensive. Mm -hmm. What uh, Do you have any upcoming projects or anything interesting you're working on that you can talk about? Uh, mm, yes. <laughs> But I cannot talk about, you know, <laughs> we always, uh, yes, I, I have, these are mostly for brands and uh, big uh, agencies. So I have to sign, you know, the, how do you call it? The agreement. NDA, uh -huh, yeah. the NDA. And yes, I, I cannot talk about it, but I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm also working in personal projects. I'm, I'm, I'm always like, since, I don't know, since I started as a graphic designer and then, uh, advertising and photography and miniatures, miniatures with, with photography and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm always trying to do like uh, reinventing myself. So now I'm yeah. in a personal project that I'm sure you have seen creating yeah. these little characters, these robots. I'm getting into animation, stop motion animation, really, really basic, but trying to tell up, uh, create my own, you know, IP and, uh, and that uh, has kept me uh, a lot, uh, really busy and really excited, exploring like a new facet of, uh, of you know, my, my work, you know, something yeah. new. Yeah, I've seen the little robots. They're absolutely, they're super cool. 
And are they, yeah. uh, I, I couldn't tell from your, your videos if it was you building them or are they modular? They are modular. They okay. are, I mean, I, that's, um, that's one of the reasons as well that I started learning 3D modeling mm -hmm. because some of the parts uh, I wanted modular and, uh, you know, for animating, I, I, I need yeah. uh, to make an art and I, they have to be like the same and reliable and fast and cheaper, whatever. So I, I did the design in a 3D software, free 3D software, mm -hmm. and then printed in, in resin. And they have some parts that are uh, done manually and uh, with magnets and hand painted and, and all, uh, all the stuff. But yes, Very they cool. are right now. And it, that's part of the concept and the story right now. There's only like a body. Let's say the body wine 1.0, and the only thing that changes is the head. You have like different heads, different personalities, but the body is the same one for all. Maybe in the future, I will have like different body types, like bigger, smaller, thinner, you know, whatever. Yeah, you said magnets, and it reminded me of uh, something I recently found online. Um, I was always, I'm always looking at like switches and connectors and things like that. Um, mostly to like to make my job easier, but sometimes to find cool stuff. And I found um, it's, it's basically like a magnetic connector that like on the inside of it, you connect your two wires, your positive and your negative. Um, okay. But basically if, how can I explain Like, let's say in my case, I would maybe use it. Like if I have the one connector, like in the street, and the other connectors on the bottom of a car, you put the car on the connector and the lights light up. Okay. Yeah. It's not permanent. So you can no, just take it permanent. away. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I need yeah. that link. Yeah. I'll send you the link. Cause I was thinking <laughs> even like for your link. robots, if you put like, if you use it in the neck and like the lights, the eyes light up or something, you can just have, you know, you take it off and you put it on and the magnet yes. keeps it on, but the connector, you know, it, it connects the, the circuit. Because right right now for yes the robots are working light in in the in the eyes yeah. so I I did have to design like a small you know thing to put the battery inside the battery holder and you have this switch that you have to push and yeah. it's kind of cute because it's really really small and you take it you put it inside the head and, and you turn it up but that will be great like having in the body uh, already all the installation and just putting the head. And then yeah, and the, all the, the head would have, it, yeah, the head would just have the two LEDs going to the magnetic yes. connector and then you put it on and yeah, yeah. I need, I need um, that link. Yeah. I'm going to send it to you. It's really cool. I'm, I haven't even received them yet. Um, I'm oh, you already ordered them. Okay. Yeah. I ordered them, but I, I didn't, uh, I didn't receive them yet. So I can't wait to play with them. I'm trying to add, um, some functionality and interactivity in my pieces. Yes. within reason you know i also don't want my clients to like play with it like it's a toy because they, they are fragile you know so but little little things that are interactive um i think is cool uh, i had done a ghostbusters this is years ago i had done a ghostbusters the containment unit you know that big red thing where they put the ghosts yes where they yeah, empty yeah, the yeah. ghost trap and i had a like a momentary switch on the outside where when you would push it the light on top would would come on um, but I recently bought a bunch of like different things. I bought sound modules so you can basically, you can record 
a sound on this little chip and it has a speaker and then like if someone's looking at a scene they can all they can press a button and it's going to play a sound that's or amazing a song or yeah yeah so. you, you can have now in, in your displays in your dioramas you can have like little let's say it this way trigger points and yeah. then you just go like with a key that has the magnet and you can trigger the sound and you can trigger the yeah, lights and then, exactly you know like yes it's more like interactive, interactive uh, yeah. uh display yeah, yeah 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 that sounds really cool yeah that's it man well felix um big thank you again for taking time and doing the podcast um like i said been following your work for a while so it was nice to just chat and get to know you a little bit better um and I'm sure it won't be the last time. So thank you again. It was a uh, it was awesome. Uh, anytime you want. Uh, um, I mean, I love your work. I don't like so much to speak. I told you previously, and <laughs> yeah. because as well, it's in English, and for me, it's like uh, it's 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 really hard. I mean, it's hard to me to speak in Spanish. So sure. making it in English is even harder. So hopefully, I don't know. People that you are seeing great. this, they did understand something that I... Yeah. Okay, well, my <laughs> friend. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Okay, Thank my... you very much. Bye. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Scale Talk Podcast with David Miniatures.